0: I am your host Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I am also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Today is part 2 of 2 where we are talking to Jess Bryant about her novels. After today, you will have heard about her journey of writing since she was a kid, keeping possession of your embarrassing stories, writing whenever you have spare time, overcoming self-doubt, and her advice to be a reader first in your genre, before writing in the genre. Unmistakable Mate, Faded Mate Series, Book 4 We make our own family. Xander Leary gave up on the idea of family a long time ago. He grew up bouncing around the foster care system, never finding a home to call his own. He has no ties to anyone or anything. So the last thing he expected was a phone call saying his estranged older sister made him guardian to a niece he'd never known existed. With no idea what else to do with the child, he heads for Nora, Louisiana in search of the younger half-sister he barely remembers. But what he finds in the little bayou town will change his life forever. We make our own fate. Maya DeLuca gave up on the idea of fate a long time ago. She has no use for a fate that let a crazed wolf kill her parents, kidnap her sisters, and torture her. She's worked hard to overcome her traumatic past, to grow into a strong, independent woman, and a fierce alpha wolf. She makes her own decisions. Not some supernatural force. She has her own plans, and they don't include the very human mate who just showed up on her doorstep, with no idea that the supernatural world even exists. We make our own happily ever after. He's human. She's a shifter. But their connection is unmistakable. Can Xander accept this new world that he stumbled into? can Maya accept the possibility that fate chose right? And if they can find common ground, will they discover that sometimes it's our mistakes that lead us to exactly where we were always meant to be? Now, I saw you at least have several of your books in audio. How do you go about doing, uh, obviously, I know as a narrator how the audiobook (laughs) part happens, but how did you get to that?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, It literally happened because the first few books in the Faded Mate series that do it that I started with, Mm -hmm. um, it was doing so well that Tantor Media actually just reached out to me and was like, we want to make these into audiobooks. And I was like, "Uh, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Please do that. Um, Which was, I mean, it was so cool. Like I got to help pick the narrator and the covers and all of it and I just I really enjoyed the process. Um so the first books that I wrote after that um I was like I really want to put these in audio. Mm-hmm. I mean I think you know they were male male romance and I was like I listened to a lot of male male romance in audiobook. So mm-hmm. I was like I think they would do really well in right. that format. So, um, for those two, I actually went through, um, ACX with, okay. you know, audible and Amazon. that's what I mostly
0: use. And, so,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I went through them, did those myself, found a awesome, amazing narrator who I love. Um, Jonathan Steiger, he was, um, he was new to it. He was kind of just getting started himself. Okay and so yeah, i think he follows together. me on tiktok um
0: you know maybe
1: he probably does yeah he 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 does voiceover stuff he's a voiceover actor and um was just getting into you know figuring out that t- hey there's these like mail mail books that i could be narrating yes right. please um so For pretty
0: much any romance so men I got him. do very well as yes. romance narrators
1: Yes, and he's so good and he's so easy to work with. And I've already told him, I'm like, you're mine, like don't go anywhere. Um <laughs> n- when I do more mail mail, you you will be doing them for sure. Um, because I don't put all of them immediately into um audiobook. Right. But the ones I think will do well. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. And those are my my after the fate of mates duet, the 400 block series which is my two um male male books set in like the same apartment complex kind of thing they're more like college aged people okay um they're my they're my best sellers after the faded mates so it made sense to put them to to invest that money in them right in order to see the return
0: that makes sense yeah well and i found too like some of the books that i've gotten to narrate have been like you know, books that have been out for a couple of years, and people keep asking the author, "When is this coming to audio?" And they're yes. like, "Well, I don't know." So here comes you know me along, <laughs> narrating. Forever. Yes,
1: eg- exactly. That is, um, I I'm not at the point in my career where I can afford to be like I'm making a ebook, a print book, and an audio book all at the same time out of this, mm-hmm. not knowing if it's even going to do well. So, yeah, it's that back end thing for me of like, okay, this has been doing well in these other formats. Mm -hmm. Now let's move it into audio and see how it does.
0: Right. Well, and I work with a lot of um, like new authors that are like just getting off the ground. So I do a Mm -hmm. lot of like royalty share stuff if they're, you know, actually putting in the effort to have good books with good covers and promoting on social media and all that. I'm like, I will 100 percent do that royalty share or royalty share plus if you want to pay you know, something up front um yes because you know if if you're putting in the effort to promote it on the you know the thing to be promoting on at the time it's going to sell copies mm-hmm. so
1: <laughs> yeah ex- exactly yeah we um i hope john doesn't mind me saying johnny sorry so sorry johnny But I'm going to tell him that we uh, we do royalty share plus is how we worked Mm -hmm. it out. So, you know, he gets some up front and then he gets part of the royalties and it works really well for us. Um, And I can't wait to work with him again. So
0: there's there's a lot of narrators that do that. And every narrator has their own selection process for when they'll go royalty share versus royalty share plus or whatever and so like me as someone auditioning you I'll audition for a book and sometimes a different narrator gets it but i'll know like oh that was listed as a royalty share book because like i auditioned for that at the time (laughs) so like but then like so like yeah big one i don't know if you've seen what is it gabriel j gabriel girl of hearts is the book he's promoting right now um, Mm -hmm. on TikTok, that one was listed as a royalty share, but I'm like, man, he's doing like so many videos to promote that book. So I'm like, I didn't get it. Paige did. Um, but he said when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago and he was like, you know, when she was auditioning, it was exactly like he had it in his head. So I'm like, man, when you find the narrator, that's that, sign them up. That character. (laughs) Yes.
1: That's, that's how it was when I found Johnny. Um, he was reading um the audition piece was from declan's point of view, and he's this snarky you know kind of doesn't trust anybody mm-hmm. man, and he's you know he hates his roommate, not roommate. <laughs> Uh, his neighbor across the hallway because he has these barking dogs that wake him up all the time of course of course and then he he meets him for the first time and was like oh crap he's a hottie um yeah no I still hate you but I kind of want to kiss you too and there was just Johnny's voice doing Declan I was just like that that's Declan right there that is immediately (laughs) him and I think he was only like the third, third audition that I listened to. And I had mm-hmm. tons on my list, but I was like, nope, I'm done. Like, this is it. <laughs>
0: no, I don't even this have it. to listen to I the rest. It. I'm done. Sorry, guys, <laughs> I
1: was like, I'm so sorry for everyone else who's been in our auditions, but this is my guy. <laughs> I just knew when I heard him.
0: It was so funny. I so know. I, um was taught i posted a video up and amber lee henning commented on it on tiktok and she was like oh you know i've thought about it but i'm poor so like i can't afford it and i'm like she promotes all the time on her stuff and so i'm like you know i'd be willing to do it royalty share like you know if you want to do it and so she listed up for audition and i audition and she's immediately talking to me through messenger like oh you know let's get it done, whatever. Well, then other auditions came in and she was like, I didn't think anyone else was going to audition for it. <laughs> yes. So yes. it ended up between we me and like one other. This, but... like...
1: It's the yeah, imposter this, syndrome. it's like, belief that nobody else is going to like it or want right. to be part of it. Right. Um, I was the same way. I put it up and was like, you know, if I get a couple, well, it'll be fine. And then like, <laughs> I think like 57 auditions came in the first day and I was like, these people want to read my book. Okay.
0: Now I've also heard I talked to one author and she said she had put her book up for audition, like several months before I found her on TikTok. She'd put it up for audition. and she ended up with like a couple, but they were like, weren't very good. And then one guy was like messaging her, but being very condescending toward her. And she was like, I don't, I don't even want to do it. So she was like, never mind, took it off, said, you know, I'll deal with this later. And I conta, I find her on TikTok talking about her books. And I'm like, you catch way more flies with honey. There is no need to be rude to anybody, especially if you're trying to create a business relationship with that person be nice be helpful whatever I don't care what you're doing that is always the better way to go um and so like I talked to her walked her through and ended up she emailed me the script I emailed her my audition and she was like you nailed it we're
1: good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you got it yeah we're good to go
0: (laughs) So it's it's a weird process, but I I hear a range of either they don't get a lot of auditions at all to like they got an overwhelming amount of auditions. Um, It's a very wide range.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to think. I put up another one that I was going to do for one of my small town romances and like nothing came in for like days. And I was like, did I do this right? What is going on? (laughs) And then it was just like a button flipped and they all went through. And then I decided I wasn't going to do it right now. So it's like, sorry. Quite honestly, thank
0: you. I think sometimes ACX like holds it because like I have an author that I've done a book for before and she sent me the link to go audition for the one. But then when I went and looked at the auditions available, the book doesn't show up anywhere. So I think they like selectively hide some of them for some reason
1: oh that could have been it
0: yeah i don't because i've noticed that with a couple books where the author was like hey you know it's up go audition or whatever and i can't find it without searching like the specific book name in the thing and then it'll pop up in theory they should yeah, be in order, yeah. but they're not sometimes. I
1: mean, it's it's just like it's just like how Amazon hides books from people. I mean, yeah. of course Audible's going to do it because they're <laughs> part of the same company.
0: <laughs> so what is your away from audiobooks? What is your kind of strategy or do you have like a base plan that you like follow for all of the books and then modify based on like the type of book or the book specifically? Like how how do you go about creating your marketing plans?
1: My marketing plan is very vague. <laughs> <laughs> um you know I have the I have certain PR companies that I work with. Okay. Um on certain releases. There are some that um only do paranormal romance. There are some that only do male L romance okay. and then there's you know the ones i use for my regular mf small town contemporary mm-hmm. um so it kind of just depends on which subgenre i'm writing in which ones i'm using and what works for those mm-hmm. um but it's a lot of um a lot of self-promotion as an indie author, a lot right. of going onto your social media and begging people to <laughs> pre-order and like and add it to your Goodreads. Right. And um, you know, other than that, it's a lot of um newsletter blasts getting in mm-hmm. on, you know, um like the fussy librarian bargain book C all of those that go out to hundreds of thousands of readers Right. and just getting into their inboxes to say, Hey, I exist and trying to tease them into maybe at least clicking on the button to take a look. And a lot of that is, you know, is the blurb well-written is the right. cover going to pull them in. Um, so I spend a lot more time on those things than I do on picking where i'm going to put it i guess i should say i mean i should probably spend more time picking where i'm going to put it but i put it everywhere i can
0: (laughs) well hey i mean marketing goal even if you only end up with one person from that platform that's one more person than you had so (laughs) exactly
1: exactly
0: When I'm like for like podcast promotion, I'm like, I know I do it the way that they don't recommend posting the same thing across all the platforms. But I'm like, you know what? I don't have time in my day to come up with four different posts to post across the four different platforms I use. So,
1: yes, Um, I somebody I can't remember who it was. Somebody messaged me a while back and was like, okay. the new thing is Instagram reels. Like, you're not going to get any traction on anything if you're not doing reels. And I am like, I don't have time to do reels. I'm already making videos on TikTok. I'm already doing Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the Facebook page and the Facebook group and Bookbub and all of these other things. I don't have time to make a reel. And they were like, well, then you're not going to get anything on Instagram. I was like, well, then you know what? It is what it is at this point, because I can either write a book or I can make an Instagram reel. And I think one is more important than the other. I just Um, I just only recently have I figured out that you can repurpose. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yes, that's what I do. (laughs) That's that's what I've started doing. That's what I have starting started doing.
0: I don't even do the fancy way where like you put it in some random website and then it pulls it down without the link. Nope. It gets my the TikTok with my TikTok name bouncing around on it because
1: yes, I did. I did. For that. I, did um, I did find, you know, the I think it's an app and you download it like you link it into there and then it's like without watermark and it saves it without the TikTok logos. You're going to have to I send found me that. Cause... that more often than not, <laughs> More often than not, when you try to repost it to Instagram, the sound gets off from the mouth without it. oh, Like something in that process is just a little bit off. And I'm like, I'd rather leave the TikTok thing on there than have it look like my mouth doesn't line up because that bugs the crap out of me. Same, same. So... So I've just been being like, okay, I posted this here. Here, throw it over on Instagram too. Like, well, and that's, now that's all I have time for.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw a TikTok about um, these accounts on YouTube stealing your TikTok videos and posting them up as t- as a YouTube Shorts. And so now, because they'll what? do it, they'll do it without your logo. So I've started putting like my little logo with um, it's transparent in the bottom right corner or depending on what else is on the video. But in like the bottom right corner, yeah. there's typically my little logo so that I'm like, if they download it and try to put it up on YouTube shorts, my
1: name is still on it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's smart. I had not even heard of that. So that's crazy. Yeah, there's
0: a couple accounts and it, it's... Um, Most of the ones that I saw talking about it were, like, ones that do, like, painting and art stuff. And so, like, they'll steal it and claim it's, like, their own or whatever. Um, Uh, But I figure for, like, writing and not necessarily narrating, but for the writing part, too, there was a couple of writers I saw talked about their videos got stolen. So I'm like, yeah, we're just going to – I I post it to Shorts, too. So, like, it's up there as well. But
1: (laughs) – Yeah. Huh. No, I don't use YouTube at all. Everyone is constantly like, you need to do something over there. And I'm just like, again, I could finish writing the book or I could get on another social media platform, like, which is more important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be
1: writing the book for me. So Mine is
0: literally – I have a company that I pay to make the little, like, minute-long voice clips from the podcast episodes, and they auto-post it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, my podcast cover and a fun, like, it'll say the name of the episode, and it auto-posts it, so I don't even have to do it. Oh. I had to set it up, but then it does, you know, post the podcast for me, so – um, if I actually well, used cool. the video from these, um, I you know could spend hours editing that, but I don't. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do not blame you. <laughs> like, let's add another five thousand things to my to do list. Yeah, I'm like no,
0: no. And funny enough, my sister is actually a paid YouTuber, and she spends hours editing her stuff. And I'm like, nope. Oh my gosh, nope. I don't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. But no. I do spend hours like, editing my audiobooks for people. So, yeah, you got to pick yeah. your your thing you're going to spend hours on. So.
1: Exactly. You got to you got to have that hierarchy of what is the important thing and <laughs> some of it just somebody's, you know, top of the mountain is not your top of the mountain.
0: Yes, yeah. In fact, I was planning my day for today and I'm like, "Oh, I'm a little bit behind in editing audio and i've got to get like my monday podcasts done and we're like yeah we're gonna put a time cap anything that's not done by like five o'clock is just waiting until the next day because like i need to breathe (laughs) so
1: yes exactly that's what um i've been just crunching to get this book finished because it comes out the 21st um the fourth book in that faded mate series of this month Um, It comes out the 21st. Yes, the 21st. And when I was plotting out my writing schedule, I forgot to take off writing days for the 10 day vacation that I took in June. Oh, gosh. So I was literally 10 days, like 20,000 words behind deadline. Oh, no. So I have been majorly crunching on all of that. So I'm trying to do that and get it done and get it uploaded and get it out in arcs and eh, all of that crazy stuff. And So I've been telling people like for weeks, like I can't do anything except go home and write and edit. And that's it. Like, I can't talk to you. I don't have time for you. I'm sorry. I love you. I will see you in August.
0: (laughs) Right. Right.
1: So, um, so today I called my mom, um, because she's been asking if I want to come and hang out in the pool with her at their house and Mm -hmm. I was like you know what I was like I am recording with a friend this morning and then you know what I'm taking the afternoon off because it is like 108 degrees here yes and like I'm I'm done like I I can't do another whole day of working inside. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just, I'm going to come and I'm going to get sunburned probably. And then I'll be miserable tomorrow and I'll stay inside and do writing stuff then. But
0: right, right. after
1: this, I'm done for the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, so my time issues happen. So I started doing narrating in September and I would like book jobs. And I had, of course, at the beginning of starting something, you have no idea how long, like how much narrating you'll be able to get done in a day so i'm just like you know going and going and i have no idea i mean i was getting them all in on deadline like on when i was supposed to but then like december hit and i had like four books i think i finished in like the two weeks leading up to christmas and one of those was like a six hour one and i'm like oof and so then beginning of the year Mm. beginning of the year hits we went on vacation for christmas i come back i have covid And um, or like a week later, I get covid. And so then I come back and I'm finally able to audition again. I'm auditioning for fiction and I'm like accepting everything because I'm like, yes, people are finally hiring me to do fiction narrating.
1: And then I'm like,
0: deadlines are coming up really fast. And uh. At the point from September to December, I figured out I could do comfortably about an hour and a half to two hours of audio in a day, like narrate it and mm-hmm. listen through it and edit it and all of that. I could do about an hour and a half to two hours. And so beginning of the year hits and I wasn't scheduling anything other than put on my calendar when it's due by, like that's all I would do. And so then I'm getting all these fiction books, like booking, booking, booking. And I finally went, I have a lot of books books. How long is it going to take me to get these? So I had to figure out if I'm recording an hour and a half a day, how many days is it going to take me to record each of these so that I can get them all done on Mm -hmm. time without, you know, losing my voice, recording too much or going insane. (laughs) And so I figured out how to schedule my time in like Mm -hmm. March of this year. And now I I stay, you know, if an author hires me on a book, I'm like, hey, this is when I, you know, it'll take me this many days to record it. This is when it'll be done. And they're like, OK, cool. So um, I have yet yeah. to have a decent author be like, oh, no, I don't want to wait for it. <laughs> so
1: I've <laughs> <laughs> okay, had a couple yeah, um, of
0: scammy ones or publishers be like, I want to pay you royalty share and I need it done in two weeks. And I'm like, and no. <laughs>
1: That is not actually how it works. Um, yeah, no. yeah, no, I actually found this super cool website um, because Rowan Parrish posted a TikTok about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love her. She's amazing. Um, and it's called Pacemaker. Okay. And you can go in and say, I want to, you know, this is the title of the project. It's, I think Golden Angel just posted
0: about I this I want too. it to be...
1: Probably. Yeah. So I've been using that for the last year and, you know, you can put in your uh, writing goals and, you know, if you want to take weekends off or if Mm -hmm. you want to do, you know, more words at the beginning or more words at the end or keep it Mm -hmm. steady or whatever you put, you put all that info in and it tells you exactly how many words you have to write that day and every day until your deadline. And, and I also it like, can adjust, the best too.
0: Like, if you get not yes. enough words in or, t- like, extra words in, it adjusts yes. your timeline, too. It
1: adjusts. It adjusts as it goes. So if you get, you know, I had a day I missed completely, mm-hmm. those get added back in. And if you get ahead, then, you know, you have a lighter load on later days, Right um, towards the end of it. And I'm just like, this is a game changer for me because until I saw that video, like a year ago, I was just writing like when I had time. And then once it was done, I'd be like, okay, now I need four weeks to get all the marketing in place. And then we release, I had no set schedule whatsoever of an actual plan in place right. of how to write the book other than right <laughs> right as much as you can <laughs> um that that was really it for me so yeah i was like rowan you saved my life like this thing is amazing
0: now how does it get the cuz you don't actually write in that right you have to put the word counts in from no. wherever else
1: yes you put your word count in i actually write in word i'm super simple i've tried like the scrivener thing i use that google docs use, and so... it just it didn't it, yes. That's a great way. I do that sometimes if I'm like at work, you know, I don't write at work. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Um, well, that's how I got my husband or, too. Cause you know, he can do it
1: running around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And my husband, he does, so he works, um, for a restaurant and so he'll like on his breaks or whatever he'll either pull out he has an ipad that he has a you know bluetooth yeah. keyboard he can write on or he'll pull out his phone if he has like a quick minute he's waiting on an order or whatever so
1: exactly <laughs> exactly
0: like, i like it because it does sync across divide you know yeah. all the different yes. things
1: um Yeah, so like I'll do, you know, a writing session and then go in and I just keep that website open on my laptop all the time Mm -hmm. and just pull up the day and it says add progress and I, you know, select it in word and say, oh, it was this many words and put it in. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even the same day, I might go in two, three, four times and you just press the little plus button and add another set of how many words like you don't have to total it yourself or anything, which is nice. No, it doesn't do the difference.
0: You don't have to put in, like, oh, I did 200 words more. You would just put in, like, the total, total. You
1: just put in the total. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of trying yep, to figure this... it out,
0: but I, I'm i in the, you know, still researching and reading. It, it, I've kind of settled on it's going to be a Greek mythology twisted retelling.
1: Ooh, I it.
0: The main series, because Greek mythology will be the most information of all the mythologies. Um, and then yeah. I'm going to have like side stories like Norse mythology that'll kind of weave in and out of it, too. And so I love
1: Greek mythology fun. so much.
0: So today, actually, once we get done with this, we're going out to lunch and then we're going to a bookstore so I can find an actual physical copy of a couple of these.
1: <laughs> I understand. Like sometimes you just need it to sit there so you can page through and highlight and exactly. make notes. And I bought
0: highlighters yesterday. <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: I love highlighters.
0: I, like, walk into Walmart and all the school supplies were, like, in the entryway. And I'm like, we're going to get notebooks and highlighters and colored pens. This will be great.
1: Yes. I, yeah. I... I'm obsessed. We're going yeah. to, um, the Apollycon signing at the end of the month okay. in DC. And I'm like, Ooh, I need all new markers and pens for yes. signing. Yes. So yeah. I and, I my, like, and I need multiples in case one like, dies. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I need two of everything at least and every color imaginable <laughs> Cause they might want their book signed in orange. I don't know. You don't know.
0: It was so funny. So when I decided on the name Freya Victoria, I like one of the first things I did was figure out my signature for it because I'm like, I'm going to have to like sign things now and I got to have like a signature ready for it. so Yeah, I send a nice little like thank you to all the authors that I talked to on here that has my the you know Freya signature on there. Um, But I'd also seen another author that uses his legal name, and his I guess publisher told him he had he couldn't use his normal signature; he had to use a different one for legal reasons. Um, I guess I don't know. That would be my assumption: is you don't want people to be able to duplicate what you write on your checks. (laughs)
1: That's, that's true. That's a very good point. Now I'm rethinking how I sign all my books. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I'm like, that is a very valid point. Um, (laughs) You know, I had a friend post uh, on Facebook. I think it was just yesterday. And she was talking about how she, you know, uses a pen name. And she decided that she doesn't like the way she does her A's. So she's changing her signature and i was like i don't think i sign mine the same ever like it's just like whatever mood i'm in is how i write <laughs> out my name and that's what you get like there is no uniformity to it at all but what if you make it
0: famous like super super famous and your book become a collector's item and they can't verify your signature cuz it's all different
1: <laughs> yeah they that's never where my brain ever, goes <laughs> be able to... no they they will never know like, just the people who are in front of me will know that I signed that book. That is it. Because, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's like just a J and a Bryant. And sometimes it's Jess Bryant. And sometimes it's Jess B. It's, yeah, I, I have ADHD. So it's like, especially at signings, when there's so many people coming at you and you're trying to have a conversation with them and, you know, explain like, yes, I do know you from social media. It's so great to meet you in person and sign your name at the same time. Like, you're lucky like I'm not just writing what I'm saying to you is kind of my theory.
0: (laughs) My signature quickly... My legal name signature devolved very quickly. Um, At the time, I was working in a restaurant and I was a manager, so I had to sign my name a lot. And my first name's not long, but my last name is long and weird. And so, like, I started, like, I get married. And what's the first thing you do? You got to come up with your new signature, of course, after after you've, you know, confirmed you're married on Facebook, of course um and so priorities priorities you know I'm like we're gonna use like this fancy name we're gonna write the whole thing out it's gonna be great and then I was signing my name so much for work it turned into like my first initial and then last kind of last initial and like squiggle 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 at the end
1: squiggles that that is is what it is now what mine is it's literally j squiggle b squiggle
0: yeah hey If it works, if it works. (laughs) (laughs) And so now, if you had any advice for, because you've been writing for a while now. So if you have have. um, any advice for either new authors or authors maybe looking to shake up their writing process, what kind of advice do you have?
1: My advice is the same advice that I would have given to First Me. (laughs) Uh, Writing the end does not mean that you are ready to publish. There's a lot more that goes into it. Um, someone trying to get into the industry, I would tell them first of all, that they need to, um, they need to be part of it as a reader first, Mm -hmm. you know, um, figure out how things work, uh, make those connections, make friends Mm -hmm. and you know, you can say, you know, I'm a reader. I would hope that if you're writing a romance, you're also a reader of romance because otherwise I think you're just probably doing it for the wrong reasons and you're not going to go very far anyways. Um, but yeah, just be, be part of the community, be active in it, help other people. And you will be surprised how far those connections and relationships can get you and how, how kind this community can be and welcoming to you know someone that does their part I guess is what I'm trying to say
0: and what are good ways to find um that you've found to find your alpha beta and arc readers because I mean not everyone's going to have an inner circle of people to choose from what are good ways to find those
1: no um I didn't have one when I first started um The way that I have them now is just because they are my readers. They've been with me for a really long time at this point, Mm -hmm. and I trust them to give me their honest feedback. Right, and they know my style of writing, and Um, they know your storyline too. Those friendships are really, yes. They, I mean, they know they've they've read it as many times as I have, probably. Right. (laughs) Um. So yeah, it's it's just those it's it's friendship really is the basis of everything in this industry Mm -hmm. is making friends being part of the community and being active in it and that's how you will find your people and then your people will help you find your readers and that is the ultimate goal (laughs) all right and so
0: if you are i guess i guess to sum that up if you're new don't (laughs) don't upload right after you finish writing the end Reach out that. to some. And I've had another author here on here said that she actually found her beta readers on Fiverr because she didn't know oh. how else to find, you know, someone that could give her unbiased opinions on her story.
1: <laughs> so, no, that's smart. That's but super also, smart.
0: I've seen people on TikTok, mostly arc readers, mostly I see people looking for arc readers, but I've also seen some looking for beta readers you know put call outs Mm -hmm. on there um and that could be as simple as message me
1: (laughs) yeah a lot of people are doing that these days of like they want new beta readers people that aren't um or maybe haven't read their previous stuff so that they can get that you know unbiased feedback of Mm -hmm. these aren't people that are going to fill indebted to me or right like they're gonna hurt my feelings but I just pick people that are blunt (laughs) that is me you might be my friend but I I also know (laughs) that you're also just gonna be like uh Jess this makes no freaking sense rewrite this
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's and I have one of my Actually, both of the people that I have currently reading my book are both very my best friend. And I have an author that I narrate for that is also reading through and they're both very mm-hmm. nice. I'm like, I need I need someone that's not nice <laughs> to alpha read. Yeah. I
1: I let my I let my best friend be a beta reader and all she would ever come back with was oh my god I loved it I think it's your best one yet every (laughs) time and I was like while I adore you for that feedback yes because it really strokes my ego right I need a little more and she won't do it like she's just she's not that kind of person that and she's like I'm not she's like I read romance but like I'm not in the community I'm not you know all this I'm just here with you basically I'm tagging along with you I so, feel like no, I'm not gonna tear it down. <laughs> right. I feel
0: like a list of questions though. What what exactly did you like about it? What did you not like about it? What did you think I did really, really well storyline-wise, and what could have been improved on? Like even just simple questions. Yes. I mean, that's like basic going back to like college days where we had to read these awful stories in college and, you know, you had to answer these stupid test questions. They were basic questions. What did the hero have to yeah. do to whatever, like just a, a basic list of what did you like? What, yes. And that's like I, I have, business 101. I have an author friend that gives her
1: beta readers. I have I have an author friend who gives her beta readers a, a written list of questions of like, mm-hmm. this is what I want you to fill out when you're done. Um, I've tried that it didn't work for me with mine. Mm -hmm. It, I don't know. It felt weird being like, here's basically your test questions to me. (laughs) Um, so I just tell, you know, the ones that I know, I just shoot a message, say, Hey, it's coming to you. This is what I want you to look for. And I give them a list. And then if they see any of those things, they know to tell me Mm -hmm. and, anything else they see is just extra on their part helping me out so
0: when I kind of do the same with with new like books that I start to narrate I always send the author like it's it's refined over time because some of these questions I didn't think to ask at the beginning but how many Um, characters how many speaking characters can I expect I do a lot of fantasy so like how many made-up words are there and can you please tell me how to pronounce those um. What else yeah. do I ask now? H- accents. What accents are in your book or not? <laughs> I'm yeah, working that's, up the accents. Like but, big things. Yeah. So, like big things. Like yeah. especially, um, like the series I'm working on now. There's 128 speaking characters in this series. Whoa! Not main characters. There's a lot of side ones. So I basically created a pool of Mm. male and female voices I could do the side characters from.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is a lot.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, I've done comfortably prior to this, I had done like 40 voices. This one I'm like, oof.
1: (laughs) It's a lot. Wow, that is... That is a lot of talking people right there.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's some of them are like one liners, like, hey, you're not welcome here, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But they still talk. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, they do.
0: And they can't talk in the main character's voice.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do that because that is amazing to me.
0: I actually found, I just came across a. Well, it was recommended in a narrator's group on Facebook. There's this guy that does a YouTube video on how to create 100 distinct voices. And so he goes through, there's this, it's actually a dance movement thing, but there's like eight categories to start with. But then you can do it like soft, normal, or loud. You can do it young, middle-aged, or old. Like all these changes you can make to develop... All these, vo- so I found that at the beginning of the series I'm working on. So I kind of tried to apply that. But this author also said, Don't use weird voices. So I can't use my witchy voice because he doesn't want weird voices. I can't use my no. demon voice because he doesn't want weird voices. So.
1: I'm like, Maybe it's not weird if he's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't he's know he's a side character you don't know his backstory he Oh, he be. does this
0: author does there's backstories <laughs> oh. for all of them
1: <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs> there's some fantasy man <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: well and you get there's like three different categories there's like authors that are just so excited to have their book in audio they really don't care there's authors that are like I care about these specific things and the rest of it just you do you and then there's ones that are like so nitpicky that in their audition they're so nitpicky i'm like nope
1: nope not auditioning yeah. for that <laughs> Nope, that's just a little too much i understand
0: well, once so, i mean some commentary is not bad in the audition like i appreciate when they give you a little bit of like backstory of like this is what happened just mm-hmm. before the audition piece um but yeah when they're super super nitpicky specific already i'm like mm, this is gonna take a long time
1: yeah <laughs> i understand that all
0: right well i think we are about done i thank you so much okay. for coming
1: on here today thank you so much for having me on this was mm, so much fun
0: it was fun you have a good day
1: <laughs> all right bye-bye. bye
0: bye bye As she got older, Jess liked different stories, but especially Beauty and the Beast. She related to Belle's feeling like she didn't belong in her hometown and her love for books. Beauty and the Beast is a fairy tale written by French novelist Gabrielle suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve and published in 1740 in La jeune Americane et les Contes Marins, The Young American and Marine Tales. Her lengthy version was abridged, rewritten, and published by French novelist Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont in 1756 in Magasin des Enfants, Children's Collection, to produce the version most commonly retold. Later, Andrew Lang retold the story in Blue Fairy Book, a part of the Fairy Book series in 1889. The fairy tale was influenced by ancient Greek stories, such as Cupid and Psyche from The Golden Ass, written by Lucius Apiolis Maduransis in the 2nd century AD, and The Pig King, an Italian fairy tale published by Giovanni Francesco Strapola in Fastidious Knights of Strapola around 1550. Variants of the tale are known across Europe, in France, for example, Zemir and Azur is an operatic version of the story, written by Marmontel and composed by Grétry in 1771, which had enormous success into the 19th century. Zemir and Azur is based on the second version of the tale. A more poor more love for love by Pierre Claude Nivelle Delacourse is a 1742 play based on de Villeneuve's version. According to researchers at universities in Durham and Lisbon, the story originated about 4,000 years ago. Today, we will be reading The Summer and Winter Garden by the Brothers Grimm, another fairy tale with the same tale-type classification as Beauty and the Beast. Don't forget, we're reading Le Morte d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the Round Table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Summer and Winter Garden A merchant was planning to go to a fair, so he asked his three daughters what he should bring back for them. The oldest one said, "'A beautiful dress.' The second, "'A pair of pretty shoes.' The third, "'A rose.' To find a rose would be difficult, for it was the middle of winter. But because the youngest daughter was the most beautiful, and because she took great pleasure in flowers, the father said that he would do his best to find her one." The merchant was now on his homeward trip. He had a splendid dress for the oldest daughter, a pair of beautiful shoes for the second one, but he had not been able to get a rose for the third one. Whenever he had entered a garden looking for roses, the people just laughed at him, asking him if he believed that roses grew in the snow. He was very sad about this, and as he was thinking about what he might bring his dearest child, he came to a castle had an adjoining garden where it was half summer and half winter. On the one side, the most beautiful flowers were blossoming, large and small. On the other side, everything was bare and covered with deep snow. The man climbed from his horse. He was overjoyed to see an entire hedge full of roses on the summer side. He approached it, picked one of them, and then rode off. He had already ridden some distance when he heard something running and panting behind him. Turning around, he saw a large black beast that called out, "'Give me back my rose or I'll kill you! Give me back my rose or I'll kill you!' The man said, "'Please let me have the rose. I'm supposed to bring one home for my daughter, the most beautiful daughter in the world, for all I care, but then give me your beautiful daughter for a wife!' In order to get rid of the beast, the man said yes, thinking that he would not come to claim her. However, the beast shouted back to him, In eight days, I will come and get my bride. So the merchant brought each daughter what she had wanted, and each one was delighted, especially the youngest with her rose. Eight days later, the three sisters were sitting together at the table when something came stepping heavily up the stairs to the door. Open up! Open up! It shouted. They opened the door and were terrified when a large black beast stepped inside. "'Because my bride did not come to me, and the time is up, I will fetch her myself.' With that, he went to the youngest daughter and grabbed hold of her. She began to scream, but it did not help. She had to go away with him. And when the father came home, his dearest child had been taken away. The black beast carried the beautiful maiden to his castle, where everything was beautiful and wonderful.' Musicians were playing there, and below there was the garden, half-summer and half-winter. And the beast did everything to make her happy, fulfilling even her unspoken desires. They ate together, and she had to scoop up his food for him, for otherwise he would not have eaten. She was dear to the beast. And finally she grew very fond of him. One day she said to him, "'I'm afraid, and don't know why,' It seems to me that my father or one of my sisters is sick. Couldn't I see them just once? So the beast led her to a mirror and said, Look inside. She looked into the mirror, and it was as though she were at home. She saw her living room and her father. He really was sick, from a broken heart, because he held himself guilty that his dearest child had been taken away by a wild beast and surely had been eaten up he could know how well off she was then he would not be so sad she also saw her two sisters sitting on the bed and crying her heart was heavy because of all this and she asked the beast to allow her to go home for a few days the beast refused for a long time but she grieved so much that he finally had pity on her and said go to your father but promise me that you'll be back here in eight days She promised. And as she was leaving, he called out again, ''Do not stay longer than eight days.'' When she arrived home, her father was overjoyed to see her once again. But sickness and grief had already eaten away at his heart so much that he could not regain his health. And within a few days, he died. Because of her sadness, she could think of nothing else. Her father was buried, and she went to the funeral. The sisters cried together and consoled one another. And when her thoughts finally turned to her dear beast, the eight days were long past. She became frightened, and it seemed to her that he was too sick. She set forth immediately and returned to his castle. When she arrived there, everything was still and sad inside. The musicians were not playing. Black cloth hung everywhere. The garden was entirely in winter and covered with snow. She looked for the beast but he was not there. She looked everywhere but could not find him. Then she was doubly sad, and she did not know how to console herself. She sadly went into the garden where she saw a pile of cabbage heads. They were old and rotten, and she pushed them aside. After turning over a few of them, she saw her dear beast. He was lying beneath them and was dead, She quickly fetched some water and poured it over him without stopping. Then he jumped up and was instantly transformed into a handsome prince. They got married, and the musicians began to play again, and the summer side of the garden appeared in its splendor, and the black cloth was all ripped down, and together they lived happily ever after. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week to hear Dallas's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands and to hear one of her favorite fairy tales.